You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. Brother and sister May May and Dee Dee adore their doves, twins like they are. When their father gives the birds away, the heartbroken children take it on themselves to bring them home. Born out of a story Bell Yang's father told her about being a young boy growing up in China, the author's new kids' picture book, Always Come Home to Me, touches on devotion and the capacity of love from a child's perspective and a parent's, while Yang's vibrant paintings bring the tale to life visually. This is not the first time Yang has married her writing and her art to speak about the concept of home. Her previous children's book, Hannah Is My Name, looks at immigration from a child's perspective, hers. As a seven-year-old, Yang arrived to the United States with her parents from Taiwan. Many children's dreams include ponies or ice cream. For Yang, all she dreamed of was a green card. There's also been a documentary made of her experience called My Name is Belle. Belle Yang is a fine artist based in Carmel, California, who has exhibited solo shows and trained at the Pasadena Art Center College of Design and the Beijing Institute of Traditional Chinese Painting. She is the author of two highly praised adult books as well as her picture books for children. Catherine Petricelli recently had the opportunity to speak with Mrs. Yang and the filmmakers of My Name is Belle, Terry DeBono and Steve Rosen, over lunch at a downtown Monterey restaurant. In a faraway corner of northern China, at the meeting of two rivers, in the town of Heping, up a crooked path, Mei Mei and her twin brother Didi live with their mama and baba. Mama and baba love their children dearly. When Mei Mei and Didi walk through the gate each morning on their way to school, mama cried out, Fei Fei, fly, fly, little birds, but always come home to me. On the day of Qingming Festival, a joyful day in spring when families sweep their ancestors' graves. Some cousins gave the twins a present, something they had longed for, a pair of young doves. Mei Mei rocked the female in her arms. Didi stroked the feathers of the bigger male who cried, Hroo, hroo. Boy and girl twins just like us, said Didi. Let's name the girl Butterfly. And let's call the boy Squeaky, Mei Mei said with a giggle, because he complained like you. The children built a dovecote out of orange crates. They set it on the window ledge to keep the birds safe from weasels. Each morning, the children padded the dovecote with sweet, clean hay. Mei Mei and Didi fed the birds as gently as Mama and Baba had spoon-fed them when they were small. When the cherry blossoms began to spring open like popcorn, the birds' wings' feathers had grown long. Mamie and Dee, Dee bounced the birds in their palms and urged them to fly. When the birds took to the air, the children's hearts soared. When the birds landed clumsily in the persimmon tree, they laughed. You were listening to Belle Yang read from her new book, Always Come Home to Me. Um, this is a a beautifully illustrated story, I know that, and you are the illustrator. Tell me a little bit about your process, how the art and the words go together. What comes first? I think 
people ask me that always, and um, usually I say, well, when I'm writing, I'm a writer. When I'm painting, I'm a painter. But I think basically for all of us, painting or drawing comes, comes first, as the you know, cavemen painted on the walls. Our words came later, so I think for me, the images come first, and then the words. But in writing children's book, you have to get the draft of the book set down very accurately, almost um, to publishable level before you begin the artwork. And, and then you can tweak the words you know, to fit the illustrations. But usually in um, publishing, the illustrators and the, uh, the writer, the author, never meet. Well, now this book is based on a story that your father told you. Can you tell me a little bit more? Give us a little, skip us ahead a little bit in the book and, and tell us a little bit about the memory that your father shared with you. Well, my father's story is a lot um, darker tone than this book because my father raised doves as a child and he used to chase the doves on the roof of the house and my grandfather, his father, would get very upset and also the um, the doves would make doo-doo on the roof, so that would really upset my grandfather. And my grandfather gave away the doves one day while my father was at school, um, but the birds miraculously flew back. They were not homing pigeons, but they did come home. And my father was very happy, grandfather very upset. Another time, my grandfather sent it way deep into the countryside, and this time they didn't come back. But um, before taking the doves out into the countryside, my great-grandfather told my grandfather, you need to leave the boy something to cherish, someone to, something to love, and my father was able to keep one dove. Can you tell, tell us a little bit about your family coming to this country? You were seven? Yes, we immigrated from Taiwan via Japan. I left Taiwan when I was five years old, and then we went to Japan, but it was very difficult for us to stay. So in 1965, when the Hart Seller Act was passed, which allowed, which did away with discrimination in, in immigration, we were allowed to come to the country, my father on a student visa, but on a student visa, he was not allowed to work. So it was very difficult to go to school and to provide for family. And my parents did work, but illegally. So we were very excited to ultimately receive our green card after a wait of two or three years, which was quite agonizing. My father had $80 left after he paid tuition at San Francisco State College, now university. That was 1967. So he was working part-time as a busboy, as a houseman. My mother was sewing buttons. My, she was working at the Fairmont Hotel. And that was how we were able to keep alive and for my father to continue his education. Well, I'm wondering, um, Always Come Home to Me is based on a memory. And certainly most of what we do, I guess, is based on a memory. I'm wondering, in looking at um, the experience of immigrants or of, of anyone having to leave their home country for whatever reason, do you believe that what remains, what's retained in, in memory, those memories that stand out, are they uh, in some way, or, or in how much of a way, are they connected to the circumstances of the leaving? In other words, in, is sort of the, you know, the collection of, of memories that you carry, um, perhaps from your native country, um, do those relate in some way to the circumstances of why 
you might have left that country? Maybe I'm just going to be answering a question that I can answer. Memories for us as immigrants are really important because that sort of gives us a foundation. We come to a new country and we have virtually nothing, not a home, not friends, not a culture. So we bring our own culture with us, and the memories provide the culture a foundation, something that we can be proud of. Um, in other cases, people might want to do away with the memories because they're not proud of it. But, but um, I found that in time, as I've grown up in the United States, I've wanted to collect the memories so that, that, um, that I feel a solid foundation under my own feet. I didn't want to come to this country and just adopt everything that I saw here because um, now I, after going to China in my 20s, I take a great deal of pride in my Chinese culture. We have with us as well Terry DeBono and Steve Rosen, um, filmmakers of My Name is Belle. And that was based on the book Hannah is My Name. Um, welcome, Terry. <laughs> Thank you. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Uh, welcome, Steve. <laughs> Thank you. I wonder, did you, obviously you, you were basing off the book, but did you go in with that focus, or were you sort of collecting and then sifting out story? Were you collecting all kinds of things from Belle's life um, and looking for where the film would take you? Or did you have a very clear uh, focus in mind? Uh, no, we, had, uh, we did not have a clear focus, and the focus we did have was completely different than the way the film ended up being. And we went <clears throat> because we both fell in love with Belle's art, and um, we wanted, we knew she wrote, and um, so we started interviewing her as a writer, and writing, like you said, memories. What drives you to write, what's there's the pain, the anguish, the fear, whatever, and our first title was Writing Fear Out of My Life. We, um, we started shooting uh, that film, Writing Fear Out of My Life, with the idea that it would be oriented toward um, uh, some of Belle's past experiences, which are not um, covered in her children's books, which are, because many of them are adult experiences. And um, we had intended to, uh, to make a film that just sort of explored why people use the creative process in order to, you know, maybe, I don't know, uh, get over things. Um, and uh, in the process of doing that, we, we got involved in some other projects, and we, we were having trouble getting funded, to be honest with you. We were told nobody wants to fund films about the arts. Uh, they said 10 years ago, uh, everybody wanted to fund films about the arts, but now they don't want to anymore. So, so we kind of thought, okay, well, we need an angle on this. So we sort of set it on a back burner, to be honest, and finished some other projects that we had. We, had, we finished a film we were making um, that was on PBS that uh, was about a teacher, and that was fairly long and involved, and so we, were, we, we, we had a lot of work to do on that. So we just kind of put it on the back and decided, you know, we weren't going to let it go. We knew we were going to finish it. But um, finally, we, when um, the immigration issue became a hot political topic, we realized that that was the angle that we should take with our story. Bell, who had been <coughs> writing the book, um, Hannah's My Name, about the immigration experience from the point of view of a seven-year-old Chinese girl, 
we thought, okay, this is a perfect angle for us. This is something that we can do to tell the story that we want to tell about her writing and her painting, but do it in the context of a contemporary issue. Okay. What was your reaction, Belle, when they approached you and said, we want to make a film about you? Thrilled. <laughs> I mean, I was really excited. Um, and it was a really nice, long process to work with Cherry and Steve because they were with me a lot of the times while I was painting. Um, we spent a lot of time together, so we got to know each other quite intimately. Well, can you speak to the transfer to the name Belle and your birth name and who chose Belle and, and why? Um, my Chinese name is Xuan, X-U-A-N, phonetically spelled. It means forget sorrow. And when we came to the United States, when I started attending second grade, the teacher insisted that we choose an Americanized name. And my parents had a little English-Chinese handbook. It wasn't a dictionary, but just, you know, how to get along in, in, in an English-speaking world. And it contained a list of names. So they just stopped at Bell. Um, looked easy to spell, B-E-L-L-E, three different letters and almost a palindrome, so <laughs> they just chose it. And I think it sounded you know, good to their ear, even though I think it's really difficult for them to s pronounce bell because of the Chinese tongue. <laughs> I don't know why, but I guess it looked nice visually. Well, I wonder if um, maybe one of the filmmakers can speak to um, identity and that, that whole theme um, that comes along with the immigration issue, perhaps not from the political side, but maybe from most others. I tell you, Drew, I never thought about that, and I'm sure it's one of the things that uh, should probably be in the study guide, to tell you the truth, because I was interested in the fact that the outsider, the experience of being an outsider, and I taught school for 14 years, and bringing this immigration issue into the classroom was very important to me, because I was in the classroom teaching high school when the um, immigration influx of the Vietnamese uh, what was it in the late 80s in any way I just remember how alone some of those kids felt and how we Americans Caucasians or a lot of the high school kids would exclude them and they were outsiders to them and so that to me this is an important issue is who is the outsider and and how do you get to decide who the outsider is and that's sort of I don't know if that's identity but it's like we are all here together, and that was very important to me as a filmmaker, that kids should understand that immigrants are not outsiders. <clears throat> um, we, were, we were told early on um, by people that knew Belle that Belle had decided when she was a teenager that she wanted to be the all-American girl, and she pretty much, in many ways, rejected her Chinese past. Um, she told us in interviews while we were making the film, many of which aren't in the film because of course we shot hours and hours and hours and it's only a half hour film, but um, that uh, there were many things about the Chinese culture that she didn't want to identify with it, that she didn't want to think about. Um, and again, her original name, Joan, means forget sorrow and she, f she really sort of carried that with her through her life. She really felt that that name suited her because, this is things that she's told us, because um, because there was so much sorrow in her family's past in China that leaving China and coming to America, her way of forgetting sorrow was to forget being Chinese and to become an, the all-American girl. Well, Belle, what does your father think of the book and the film? 
Um, actually, which book? <laughs> I'd like to say, I mean, he's very happy with the books. Um, I've been working on a trilogy, and the first two sold rapidly, and the third one took 11 years, and I finally was able to uh, sell it to W.W. Norton as a graphic novel called Forget Sorrow. So he's thrilled. I mean, this book has taken a long time because um, my agent didn't really believe in it, and editors were not sure if it would fit in the market because it's such a soft, quiet book, and ultimately had to change medium entirely and publish it as a graphic novel, which I'm thrilled about because I write and I paint, but I've never been able to put it all together in one book in a cohesive way. Usually it's an illustration that's kind of stuck in there and hard to find and just kind of an addition. But with comics, it's words and images together melded perfectly. So I'm, in a way, I feel very lucky that I've had to wait 11 years to sell this because now the graphic novel has grown an audience and, and publishers are willing to publish it. So. For more information about Bell Yang, or Always Come Home to Me, or Forget Sorrow, or Hannah is My Name, or the film My Name is Bell, you can go to bellyang.com. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.